0: Hello and welcome to the Go Think Big podcast with me, Dan Orton, and the Millhouse to my Bart Simpson, Amy Packham.
1: I don't even know who Millhouse is. Oh my god! Moving on.
0: Okay, we are here, this is our third Apprenticeship Special episode. Um, If you haven't listened to the last two, we've we've spoken to some former apprentices at Mediacom and MTV and Google. And now we are in a boardroom in O2's headquarters in Slough. Um, you may be able to hear some air con in the background sorry about that but I mean that's what happens when you do some on location podcasting and we have to have it on otherwise we might all melt
1: yeah it's pretty hot. it's quite it? warm
0: um, there's a big the whole building is made of glass so <laughs> it's one big greenhouse um but it is lovely and it's Amy's first time in Slough
1: it's a really nice office there's a Starbucks as you walk in so we're, I'm sat here with my iced coffee all very nice
0: other, other coffee shops are available. Um, this isn't a plug for Starbucks. Um, so, yeah, Amy, over to you.
1: So we're here, as Dan said, in a boardroom in Slough. We've got Joe, Safi and Sarah here with us. Um, you know the drill by now. They're all former apprentices. So they've all done an apprenticeship at O2. A bit different. Some of them done advanced apprenticeships. Others have done higher apprenticeships. Um, so we kind of want to know what it was all about
2: and what are they up to now?
3: Okay, so do you want to all introduce yourself and your job title?
2: Hi, my name's Jo, I'm a Sales and Service Project Manager.
3: Hi everyone, my name's Sarah, I'm a Service Designer. Hi, I'm Safi and I'm a Data Access
4: from Design Support. Safi, I think we might have yeah, to ask yeah. you what that means. What, what <laughs> is a Data Access Support? Remote? So, uh, the team I work in is responsible for looking after part of the data network. So, okay, you know, data that we use on our phones on a day-to-day basis and we look after how that is served to the customers across the country. So
1: just to begin with, do you want to tell us a bit about your apprenticeship? So why did you initially choose an apprenticeship and maybe where did you hear about it or um, where did you find it? Did you find it online or were you told about it?
2: Um, I originally did a couple of weeks work experience with an O2 when I was 18 for a family member and that's where I found out about the apprenticeship. It was at the point where I was due to go to uni at the end of sixth form. And it was just the learn and learn ex- aspect that I wanted to be maybe join I wanted to get a wage and start my career early, as opposed to going to uni.
1: So, did you apply to go to uni?
2: Yes, I got I got in and I got a scholarship at um, Southampton SO, but I chose to come oh. to O two.
1: And then, what was the apprenticeship? Was it an advanced...
2: It was, a, it was an advanced apprenticeship within operations. So it was in the Pango second line support team, looking after okay. the billing systems.
3: Um. So, how did I find out about it? I think. I was applying for unis, but um, I was also conscious of the fact that when I was applying for uni, I think that year the price had went from £3,000 to £9,000. Oh, okay, yeah. So I think that made me think, actually, do I actually want to put myself in, what was it, like at least twenty seven grand worth of debt? Mm. Um, and just, I thought I'd look at other options, so I think I found the O2 apprenticeship from apprenticeships.org.uk that website so I noticed it there um, and literally just applied online went to one of the open days um, and I did I'm not going to lie I had like a couple of options where I went to other companies as well Yeah. but I was also applying for uni at the same time and I managed to get a couple of offers which was great but um, I think once I went for the open day and a bit interview at O two 2 and managed to get an offer in I kind of weighed up my options and it seemed like going 402 was the best thing for me to do at the time, and I can comfortably say, what is it, three three years later, I'm really, really happy with the choice that I made. Yeah. It's still here. Yeah.
4: And <laughs> <laughs> um, Safi, what about you? So, I joined the apprenticeship skiing over ten years ago, and at the time, for me, it was definitely the only decision, because I couldn't really afford to go to university. It wasn't as expensive as it was for Sarah at the time, yeah. but... Um, because my parents had believed in taking out loans or interest or anything like that it wasn't really an option because the only way I could go to university would be to take out a loan so apprenticeship was the way forward um, and I think my uncle at the time worked for O2 um, and he told me about the apprenticeship scheme and I applied actually when I was 17 I was still doing my A-levels and I got the job but because it would have involved moving to Slough on my own my parents are like you're not living on your own at 17, <laughs> so they made me finish school first, and I applied again the next year. And again, like Sarah, there were, there were a few apprenticeships I'd applied for. All within O2, or do you mean other no, outside? No, outside. So I mean, the main one that I was interested in was with diesel engine company. Okay. And that was sort of nearer to where my family are in Northampton, but I felt firstly that the pay was better here, mm-hmm. and I thought there'd be more of a future, or I'd be more interested in mobile telecoms. And also, the apprenticeship here meant I could move away from home, and I was quite keen to do that <laughs> at 18, <laughs> just, <wasn't listening. laughs> just wanted a bit of independence, so yeah. it, was, it was good for that.
1: And in terms of the apprenticeship, all the ones that you did, were they all the same, or does it change in terms of, like you said you did yours in operations?
2: For me and Safi, we did oh. a similar programme where it was a fixed two-year apprenticeship in one team, with okay. the view of staying in that team afterwards, okay. which I did for a further two years. Mm. And then... Uh, what came about was the higher apprenticeship, which was a free one one-year placements across the business where, at the time, I was able to pick and choose where we wanted to go within oh, yeah. operations. And so what was
1: yours
3: like, sir? Yeah, mine was a little bit different. So it was a two-year program, which had four six-month placements in different areas of the business. Okay. So I was quite lucky in the fact that I was able to move from completely different teams um, within the operations area so that was like being a techie in networks and being a little bit technical in IT and then mm. moving a different to a different team that does a bit more project management type work you could say. Um, so it was really varied mm. which I think was good for me in terms of just dipping my toe into actually what I really enjoyed and understanding the way that the business works because you definitely learn a lot from working with different teams. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And
2: then, so how did you find it going straight into work when you were seventeen, eighteen? Was it quite daunting? Yeah, I found it very daunting. I mean, my previous job was a trolley by at St. Louis. Going into yeah. <laughs> going into like a large corporate company was a bit of a culture shock. But then, just because you could, you come in with other apprentices, so you're oh. all in the sort of the same boat. Mm. So you're there to support each other, and then you've got the apprentice network. So there's other people done it before you, like a couple of years above, who you can always go to for advice. Yeah. It's great. Uh, support forum as well that we set
3: up yeah i'd have to echo the same it's daunting and it's definitely a learning curve because you're working with so many different people you it's not like school right where you've got your friends there every single day you can like relax with them (laughs) cause a bit of trouble you've got your manager who's normally like i don't know 10 15 20 years older than you so obviously has different interests likes different things has different banter maybe as well so you kind (laughs) of have to get used to that dynamic of having a manager and I guess, direct report relationship. But like Joe said, there's such a good support network. You, you're in with other apprentices who are in exactly the same boat. And you've also got things like mentors. You've got different levels of managers who are there to help you in a more informal way. So actually the transition for me wasn't too bad while it was certainly a learning curve I felt like I was quite cushioned by the support that I had within the kind of apprenticeship network
4: yeah I think um that support network is quite key and I mean it's not that daunting as you would think it would be looking back um but for me again it was moving into a team which was all male I'd come from a girls school as well so I moved into an office and a team which was predominantly male and they're all about my parents age as well so I was like (laughs) I was less than half their age and the only female so it was it was very different but it didn't seem weird yeah which you know if you look at it from the outside it might seem strange but actually there wasn't anything wrong and everyone sort of treated you with respect and taught you what you needed to know and were very patient understanding that you're coming from school basically so you don't know you don't know what a business is like, you don't know what the world of work is like, but they're very understanding and were actually, you know, sort of helped bring you up almost. <laughs> <laughs> Most you grow. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly, yeah. I mean, I didn't talk very much when I first came here, so they did help to build my confidence yeah. and things like that. So it's, uh, it's a nice environment. And then you do have the other apprentices, so I joined with seven others and we became very good friends. I mean, we all work in different parts of the business, yet we still talk to each other and Say so you've been here 10 years, so last year... So they're WhatsApp, all still here as well? Not all of them, but most of them. But even the ones that aren't still here, you still keep in touch oh, okay. and things. So yeah. it's, it's building that network from from the start, really, which is very useful.
1: Yeah. So for Joe and Safi, coming to the end of your advanced pr- apprenticeship, when did it come about that you could do the higher one? So for when me, it was degree.
2: two years after I, I finished my advanced. And it was just present. I think Safi was the previous intake for the higher. Yeah,
4: so for me, it was three years after one. Mm.
2: And it came about just as an opportunity to get a foundation degree as well as try working in some different teams, which was quite appealing.
1: Mm. And how was that? Was it quite hard studying? and
2: Yeah, I found working? it pretty difficult. I mean, we were given some time off to study, but it was just it's the self study aspect is quite, you have to be very disciplined and meet deadlines at home as well as at work. So, mm. yeah, I found it quite difficult.
1: And have you, fin- have you completely finished that now? Yes,
2: yeah, so I finished that in June last year.
1: Okay, And now you're just a fully-fledged fully, fully member of the OT team. Yeah. No studying. No. Not good. <laughs> I'm, quite, I'm quite happy about that. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but Safi, you're still studying? Yes. So yeah. I decided to top up my foundation degree myself. Um, so I thought, you know, while I'm there, I've done all that work to get to the foundation degree, a couple of years more work to get it to a full degree, then I at least have something to fall back on. Yeah. Uh, not that I need it at the moment, but it's <laughs> yeah. just something to know that I've achieved that. I'm slightly regretting it at the moment because there's a lot of study to do but you know it'll be worth it in the end as yeah. I keep saying so. And how long's that one had to top it up? So it's just effectively a year but because I'm doing it part-time and the way the modules fall, it's about two and a half years so I mean I do get seven months off this year which is quite Oh good. wow yeah. Seven months? <laughs> yeah just off seven studying months. I still have to work obviously. <laughs> oh I see I yeah. thought you had seven months no, of work I to study. I love sure. that though. No. <laughs> so seven months of no study which I'm Looking forward to, yeah. but um, then it will be you know next October. I will have hopefully a full degree. And Should what's the degree you're going to be in? In computing and IT. Oh, I okay. think Joe did a different one. Yeah, it
2: was a foundation degree in combined business studies, so sort of business orientated focus.
4: Oh, okay, cool.
2: and Safi You've been here 10,
0: 10 years. Yes. What's it like working at the same company for a whole
4: decade? <laughs> 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 I'm just curious because I mean, that's something
0: I think, think perhaps our audience wouldn't even contemplate.
4: No, I don't even think about it until you look at the time. there. And <laughs> it's just it's just until Dan says it. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, Decade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really old. No, um. You don't notice it because I've moved around in different teams. I you know. I started working in a different office as well, which is sort of one down the road, and it's more of a technical area, and it's a bit smaller, and say it was, it was a bit cozier, and so you got to know everyone a bit better, <laughs> and then. I was there for about six years and I did move around in different roles so I got more of an understanding and the teams naturally move anyway so I got to see different parts of the business. And then when I started the higher apprenticeship I moved to the to the, the head office or at least here so it gave me an opportunity to sort of be in a very different environment so it it didn't always feel like the same company and also we did change hands as well so we did actually become another company in that time as well. We became yes, Telefonica. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't okay. Telefonica when I joined um, so it's always there are always new challenges and I worked in IT and now I work in networks which is a different part of operations mm. so it, again it's a very different set of people, very different ethos as well so it's not that yeah. bad it's been in one, good, like 10 yeah. years yeah. it's yeah. not like yeah. the same team for 10 years yeah. Yeah. That's I've, that's worked. I've had sort of about 10 different managers in different areas um, the teams I've worked in have been in different areas so yeah. I've got to see different parts of the business which maybe other people necessarily have and, and you get to build that network of people as well yeah and it really helps where you are now um if you need help with something you know who to speak to and it's quite an advantage over you know if i'd just sat in one area yeah and not, not seen it outside it sarah so what was it like at the end of your advanced
1: apprenticeship in terms of actually getting a full-time job was it did, was it quite an easy process to go into working full-time
3: oh Um, I think that it's changed a bit now than from when it was when it was kind of my time to transition off. Mm -hmm. I guess when you've done your kind of four, six-month placements and you've been around different areas of the business, you kind of get a feel for what you actually enjoy or what you don't enjoy. And actually, it was a great opportunity for me to actually look at what I enjoyed and try to kind of craft a job around doing something that I really enjoyed doing because I think that was the key for me regardless of the experience I had with my apprenticeship when I moved on I knew I had to do something that I enjoyed and wanted to wake up on a Monday morning and not be like oh crap I've got work today I want to be waking up on a Monday morning and think actually this won't be a bad day this is going to be the start of a great week type thing so in terms of the transition for me personally in my experience it was a lot around Understanding the business and figuring out actually which roles are people facing are a bit less techy and actually involve kind of talking to people to make things happen mm-hmm. and that's how I ended up basically doing service design so I don't need to be sitting there in front of a computer 24-7 every single day and start typing out technical commands on boxes <laughs> kind of what Safi does <laughs> <laughs> but actually my role is more about kind of interacting with people like project managers and people from customer experience and marketing and sales and service to help deliver great customer experiences using technology. Um, And actually, the way that that happened was just simply by having conversations with my manager and just putting it out there to say, this is what I want to do, actually. I think I've decided this is the avenue I want to go down. And um, they made it happen. So So I guess
1: you kind of got a choice about what you wanted to do. It's nice that you're given the option to say what you would like, would like to carry on doing.
3: Yeah, definitely. But as, then there's other conversations about kind of headcount budgets and <laughs> what they can actually take on and if there's demand in the business for that type of role. But actually, they were really accommodating towards me and actually were keen to hear actually what I wanted to do moving forward, yeah. which was great. But I think the way that they're doing it now is you do a role um, in a particular area... For uh, two years, and actually, they've already got a role in mind for you at the end of the two years. So, I guess that would ease any kind of uncertainty around where you might go after two years. Mm. Um, But, nevertheless, even when you do transition into a role after two years, that's never the be all or end all for your career. It's actually a step in the door um, because there's always roles going around. On the, in the business yeah. that you can apply to and actually you've got two years of experience behind you so that would hold you in good stead if you wanted to, I don't know, go over into marketing or the service or business. It's
2: the contacts you make as well in the business that you keep, you can always bump into them and there's always opportunities flying around that you can yeah. take up.
1: I guess that's the good thing about an apprenticeship because you get to see all these parts of the business so you get to learn who does what and what that means.
3: Yeah. Definitely.
1: So what's your role now, Joe? Jo?
2: So I'm a sales and service project manager, so um, I was previously in operations, but I had an opportunity to go into work in sales and service another directorate, so now I manage uh, any projects from around the business that have an impact within our channels that we sell in, so it's sell and serve, so it's voices in our call centres, stores, and online on our website, oh, okay. so it's managing projects that hit any of those channels. So i uh, currently managing like an online product tool where it's... Um, Support help so it's interactive. We've got an on, online version on ot.co.uk, but we're also looking at bringing it out to our voice channels for the advisors to use and into our stores. And it, it just so happens I ended up having to work with Sarah on it. <laughs> I needed some help and knew she worked in service management, so I went straight to her. Oh, okay. and we worked working for it on that. So again, it's just another example where people you know you can just lean upon and get yeah. some help. And what's it like? actually at O2 working
0: here on a sort of day to day basis what is what is it like being here at O2 in this uh, at HQ it seems like a, I mean we've come in we've been given free coffee <laughs> um, don't get that <laughs> the canteen's pretty nice what's it, What's
2: the culture like what's it like being here and, and working for, for a huge telecommunications company I think it could be a lot of fun especially for me I wasn't I'm not really that techy I'm not really a geek but I'm, I'm quite interested in so like Apple new phones and new wearables mm. and you get good visibility what's going on and you get to see some of the stuff you work on hit like stores on, on websites you get know, to see your work actually out there yeah. I find that a lot I find that really quite rewarding
3: should we ask the veteran now? <laughs> <laughs>
2: The ten-year veterans
3: this is
4: actually getting worse. A decade, so, veteran, dec- it? that sounds worse. So am saying
0: you actually say a decade. It sounds. but I mean, it's not a decade of the whole of the same company as you say. Yeah,
4: it's so a third it of means. your life almost. Wow, <laughs> it's more than a third of my life. That how, long me. Have, how long you How long are you planning <laughs> to live? <laughs> well. So far, anyway. Yeah, so far.
0: Have you been here longer than Ronan Duck?
4: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he wasn't the CEO when I started. There've been three CEOs while I've been here. Wow. So you're the best person to talk about how what it's like to work at
1: <laughs> O2. So
0: you've seen the whole, you've seen the whole place change. So I'm I imagine, it's like drastically over the last. <laughs>
4: time. It has very much so because, um, as I said, it was O2 when I joined, mm. and it was an independent company. And in fact, when I first joined, the area I moved into had come from somewhere called Genie Mobile. So again, it was it was another a sort of amalgamation of another company coming in and, and creating that. So. You get to see different people from different areas um, and different suppliers as well. So uh, you get that experience sort of from outside the company. So you get to understand how what you do relates to what other people are doing in other companies. Yeah. But on a day-to-day basis, like you don't realize how lucky you are, especially when this is the only place you've worked pretty much. I mean, I did have a Saturday job when I was at school, but that doesn't—it's not the same. <laughs> it's non-comparable in a way. And it's only when you go out to. See other companies or speak to people elsewhere. You realise actually what we have here in terms of that visibility of, of what's going on outside. Um, you yeah, know the nice canteen as you say, and just <laughs> comfy desks, just generally nice environment. Um, it's a nice place to work. It's very relaxed. As you can see, we're not all in suits and stuff as yeah. well, so it's quite laid back. Um, yeah, and over time it has changed a bit. With you know, we had I guess take over from a Spanish company, so incorporating some of that spanish culture into what we do and we had spanish lessons as part of the higher apprenticeship as well so um, we so did the gcse no gcse spanish doesn't teach you how to speak spanish sure? no, i'm afraid not you do you to know? take
0: naps at 2 p.m in the afternoon
4: no yeah. although you do notice it when you work because i work, work with a few people in, in spain and it's like they disappear in the afternoon <laughs> and then they send you an email at like seven o'clock in the evening like We know you haven't been working Sunday all day. So it's just getting used to the different cultures as well. And I have been over to Madrid a couple of times as well, so it's useful just, you know, we wouldn't have got a chance to do that before because there was no reason to do it. Yeah. So it's nice just to get, I guess, a different view of things and a different different influence as well. Mm. May not always be the best, especially in some working aspects, it is a bit more challenging, but that's what it's like. That's... Mm
3: it's going to be like that wherever you are. So, yeah, it's a good place to work. I think one thing I'd add in terms of the culture is the flexibility we're given in terms of our roles. Mm-hmm. So you won't find people here working a 9 to 5 generally. You might have someone who wants to work in 8 to 4. You've got flexi hours, right? So your manager yeah. trusts you to get your work done. They don't care whether you've started at 7 o'clock in the morning or whether you start at 12 p.m. in the afternoon. You know, there's no prescription in terms of when you need to start work and when you need to finish work no one's watching over your shoulder <laughs> as to whether you're leaving at 4 4 o'clock because ultimately you're given um kind of the trust that actually this is your role and if you fulfill it um and you do what you're meant to do then that's a fo- okay and also flexible working so often we can work from home kind of whenever we need to if you've got a dentist appointment or if there's people coming over you can work from home or um it's really accommodating it's really really accommodating or even if you're going up to Leeds and coming down traveling and stuff you know you can take half the day or whatever you need to get that travel kind of sorted so culture and for me means the kind of flexibility that we are offered here at work and also the fact that everyone's pretty chilled out relaxed you can wear what you want, come in whenever you want, <laughs> as long as you do your
4: work. <laughs> You're making it sound really <laughs> neat. And do you,
0: think, do you think that's perhaps the future of sort of corporate environments, that the whole idea, I mean, not all all companies have that sort of flexibility yet, but it does seem like that seems like the way to go. Does that feel like it should, I mean, do you feel like it works and that's a, is it nice to have that level of trust from your managers and do you think more companies should do that?
3: definitely works i think you find it more in kind of technology oriented companies more and more and hopefully as the more traditional industries like law and i don't know finance stuff <laughs> get um get a bit more acquainted to the real world and actually this is okay <laughs> to trust your employees and let them get on with what they're doing
2: um yeah, i think you just work better because it doesn't feel like you've got a manager breathing down your neck I mean, yeah. like i said everyone has to do their job and get the work done but it's just in a relaxed way where you're not going to find any Skypers, but everyone's just chilled out. We can just get get what's needed to be done.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one takes advantage of it. You no. think, you know, you can be when you want, to you know, be a bit more laid back, but because you're given that trust, you don't you don't want to break it. You want to show that actually exactly. you can manage your own time and you, you do the work that you need to do. Um, yeah. just you get to choose a bit more when you do it. So what hours do you work? Are you morning
1: people?
2: Um, not until I've had a coffee or two. Have <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we caught you at the end of your day? <laughs>
1: Been here since
2: six a.m. <laughs> I'm to do about half eight till five, and then we've got an on-site gym as well, so we oh, go off, off. there quite a lot after work.
3: Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm not too much of a morning person. <laughs> I'm trying to get better. Um, <laughs> if I'm working from home, I will start earlier than I would because I don't I have to get ready. Right, yeah. I can just sit there in my pajamas and. Do my work, <laughs> but if I'm kind of coming into the office, I might come in at around half eight, nine, finish half five, six. I was gonna say, Standard so you, you've hours. been
2: given given the flexibility, but you're still doing nine till five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It works, it works both ways because there's yeah. sometimes where you don't have that lot of work to do. So instead of sitting around doing nothing, you'll just go. But then there's the expectation when you have to do the work, you yeah. stay and work late. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it works both ways.
1: Yeah. So looking back on your apprenticeship, what do you think an apprenticeship gave you that perhaps work experience or internships didn't? Ooh, that's
3: a question.
2: I think it's, it's the learning aspect, but then at the end of it you know you've got to have a, a job role and a place where they want to keep you. Yeah. And that's what it is really. It's, there's an end goal, and you've got to work towards it, and that's, that's the point of the apprenticeship. But then, I think I said earlier, it's not the end, it's just the beginning to start your role in the company
1: quite um, widely spoken about that if you do an apprenticeship it's quite guaranteed sort of that you're likely to get a job there afterwards it's kind of like a reward at
3: the end of all the studying Mm -hmm. well you you wouldn't want to train someone invest thousands in them for their qualifications and then say okay off you go now that's (laughs) it yeah (laughs) you're off on your travels so it's um yeah like joe said i think the difference is the fact that they train you up with the view that actually you that. we want you we want to keep you we're going to, we want to use your talent you're molded um,
2: yeah you're molded to suit the company's needs
3: mm. yeah so it sort of feels like there's more value in what you're doing because you can see where you're going to end up whereas I guess internships and work experience you're there for a period of time then you kind of go back to your studies yeah so you might lose some of the the value of the experience a little bit because you're not kind of staying on in the company that make sense in English? No, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) Hold on. It
4: gives you a practical application for what you're learning because with me at school I always struggled with why am I learning this? Is there any point to it? What is it gonna give me? And what I've found, especially with the higher apprenticeship, is like English. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should have done Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, that would have been better. But the the degree that I'm doing, I guess, it's very relevant to what I'm doing in my job. And I mean, some aspects are a little tedious, especially writing about personal development aspects. You get a bit boring writing about yourself all the time. But, <laughs> but some of the, the more technical areas, like I did a few um, modules which introduced me to programming and I actually found that I really enjoyed that and that helped me with what I'm doing in my role and it helped me okay. to develop the skills there and some of it also gives more of a the theoretical background to say networking and networks mm-hmm. and stuff so it's actually given me an idea for what I want to learn and why I want to learn it and they've gone hand in hand really so it's sort of they've enhanced each other in the learning and the job and again as as Joe said it's, it's helping towards a business need as well so yeah. it's given me a focus for I want to do and what the team needs.
1: Yeah, it's nice sometimes that when you're learning on because I guess you can directly apply it to what you're doing, like you said mm-hmm. with the programming, like quite instantly, especially if you're working as well. So what would you say maybe to um, young people at 17, 18, who weren't really sure what route to take? Like, do they go to uni? Do they do an apprenticeship? Do they just get a job straight away?
3: All I would say is explore everything. Just open your mind to every single possibility out there, because you never know where you're going to end up. I certainly didn't know where I was going to end up. I was definitely at, in two minds. And it just happened to be, actually, while I was at school, I was one of those people who, actually, everyone hates because I wouldn't do any work. I can vouch for that. <laughs>
2: well, I didn't to finish my sentence.
3: I didn't really do any work, but somehow I managed to come out with OK grades, well, pretty decent grades, so actually everyone kind of hated me. But what I... Learn at school wasn't really what I enjoyed and I'd question it quite often in terms of what am I like Safi said, why am I learning this this is all crap, I can't be bothered with it anymore Um, and I just wanted to just start earning some money and just kind of live life Mm. so it felt like a more practical option for me personally because studying in that form of A-levels in university didn't appeal to me uh, and actually, getting involved in the work environment, working with people um, and start you know experiencing a job that I thought might benefit me in the future was something that I wanted to do as quick as I could. so yeah. it just happened to be work to work for me it doesn 't mean it works for everyone um, so the only thing I would say to anyone who is at that age and trying to figure out what 's right for them explore everything go to all the open days for apprenticeships go to the open days of unis understand what your course is going to be and just do what you enjoy that's the only thing i would say moving forward do what you enjoy if that's studying and going to uni and getting a phd and something do it if that's working your way up through a company and doing an apprenticeship do it but just do what you enjoy
4: it helps when you don't have direction for what you want to do because I didn't have much direction at that age, I didn't know what I wanted to do, I just wanted to do something Mm. I'd rather, you know the apprenticeship actually gave me a bit more direction in terms of what I wanted to do as a job and also study as well and I didn't have to get into debt to work out what I wanted to do (laughs) I didn't want to get at university I didn't go there and find out actually that's not what I wanted and it's a bit harder to get out of it and I haven't got anything to show if I wanted to stop it, so it, it gave me more direction I think, and I think, what Sarah said it's not for everybody, but it helps it helps get you into the world of work especially if you want to move up and progress, if you went into just a straight job, they perhaps haven't got the scope or the or the patience to spend time teaching you something that you don't have the skills for and with an apprenticeship they've got that time set aside to teach you about
2: a more than advanced job, yeah, so it's you're exactly. not just t-boy or t up, doing photocopying you're actually doing real work <laughs> yeah. making a real difference because you've got
1: responsibilities haven't exactly.
2: you as an apprentice you've got me got meet that time. you've got to do you're just treated as a normal employee mm. uh, just building what Sophie <laughs> and Sarah so said it's not it's just not um, it's not final if that, if you're doing an apprenticeship for a certain role that's just two years and then after that there's millions of possibilities there's hundreds of possibilities that you could Go into, I and mean, I never thought I'd be working in sales and service before. And for anyone who perhaps does want to do an apprenticeship at O2, do you have
0: any advice for them in terms of sort of how to make themselves stand out in an application or
2: what they should consider before applying? Um, I think it's just, just a general we of doing in an interview is a bit of research on the company, just to understand. I think you need to have a bit of technical, things, understand technology slightly, to understand about mobiles. and wearables and just even if you can just try and get some work experience within the company that's what, that's what I did just to get an understanding and meet some people
3: I would say be yourself Um, they're not looking for a robot who's going to be bashing out 10 million lines of technical code 24 by 7 you know be yourself so um, they're looking obviously for someone who because the nature of a lot of our roles is to work with people it, believe it or not in the telecoms industry it's very people orientated you've got to work with people all the time even in a technical especially role especially to... in
4: technical role yeah yeah it's very important
3: so actually having really really good kind of communication skills teamwork skills is so important um so don't be afraid to kind of be yourself and show what you've got to bring to the table really and like joe said i think it's probably quite important to have some sort of interest in technology and I'm not saying you need to be like a super duper techie and be a you know, a programmer or, or coder or whatever just kind of, kind of have an understanding of technology and the industry, bridge, yeah and 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 enjoy bridge. working with technology, I'm not a super duper techie but somehow I work with a lot of kind of complicated technology, I don't need to know exactly how it works line for line but I kind of need to know how it does work because it's quite handy so I think that's pretty much yeah yeah. it's
4: just sort of showing enthusiasm and appreciation of of what we do but and also an open-mindedness as well because you don't know coming from the outside what we do I mean even in the company we don't know what everyone else does so it's just being willing to find out new things find out what's going on in different areas and yeah it's it's down to the people at the end of the day and that's what makes
3: it Mm -hmm. you know that's that's what helps you you've got to be willing to learn and very curious to learn as well so asking questions when you're first starting out, is so important because you will get a whole load of acronyms thrown at you about technical terms <laughs> they and all mean different things in different areas as well. Yeah, <laughs> you'll get a whole load of like crazy stuff that you never thought was imaginable, kind of thrown at you, kind of business speak. So you need to be willing to ask questions so that you can understand it.
2: You can just be an apprentice to a barter as well, just to say you can put your hand up and ask questions and ask how it works. People will always explain it; they will always take time out to. Speak through stuff yeah okay
0: so if you were to we've asked all of the former apprentices who've done these podcasts so far to sum up their apprenticeship in one word and if you could sum it up in one word (laughs) what one word would that be you all have to think of a different word
3: (laughs) okay question
0: rewarding for me that's good that's a good one
3: insightful I
0: think that's new as well isn't it yeah
4: challenging but in a good way
0: that's Sorry, that was word.
4: one word. <laughs> <laughs> They're all new words, aren't they? They're all new
0: words, that's fantastic. Yeah. The last group had real trouble.
1: Amazing, oh, amazing, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Positive, but
0: <laughs> some variety would have be been nice. Um, okay, cool. Rewarding, insightful, and challenging, but in a good way. <laughs> Sorry, I had to that. <laughs> so there you have it. That was Joe, Safi, and Sarah talking about their apprenticeships at O2 and what they're up to now, having finished them. I can't believe Safi. Um, has been here for 10 years. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, she, but, I mean, quite, she quite liked you repeating that, didn't yes, she? Yes, a
0: decade. A whole decade. <laughs> a
1: whole decade at A2. And yeah. she still loves it.
0: I mean, that's, what, that's, the, that's the main thing. That's, I mean, if you, if you still love working for the same company after that long, it's clearly a good company to work for.
1: And she, hadn't, she didn't even realise it was 10 years.
0: No, until it's I reminded her. Time flies when lovely. you're having fun. <laughs> yes, we'll go with that. So, Amy, that was our last Apprenticeship special episode. Um, as I said at the beginning, at the top of the show... If you haven't heard the other two, please go and listen to them. I think they're quite good. Normal business will resume next month, where the podcast will be back on a monthly basis. Um, and, well, we haven't planned them all yet, but we've got some great great stuff lined up for you.
1: Yeah, lots of exciting ideas, which we're not going to tell you right now.
0: That, that's a hook, <laughs> what they call in the business. Yeah, I did that on purpose. I thought you did.
1: Okay. So we hope you've enjoyed the um, apprenticeship specials. Um, we have enjoyed going to O2, to MediaCom, hearing what it's like to work at Google, and... Um, Free steak and gym. What else have we learnt?
0: Um, There are pool tables here.
1: There are pool tables here.
0: All the apprenticeships seem to be incredibly worthwhile and rewarding.
1: Amazing, challenging in a good way.
0: (laughs) All those good words.
1: Basically me and Dan want to do an apprenticeship.
0: So much of my degree, I'm going to rip that up. I won't do that I'm not going to do that, <laughs> not gonna do that.
1: Um, let us know your thoughts about um, our podcast our apprenticeship specials if you have any questions you can tweet us at Go Think Big, and the lovely Stephanie will get back to you and answer all your questions
0: yeah right. check out all the content on the site www.gothinkbig.co.uk we have a Facebook page so give us a like the podcasts are all available on our SoundCloud account so search for us on there the Go Think Big podcast and you can subscribe to us on iTunes as well
1: It's all free.
0: Anyway, we will uh, see you next time.
1: Bye.